Chai Tea Vibes, Lo-Fi, Volume 4. Now available on Spotify and Apple Music. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's good, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Mary Death Free, and you are checking out our quick cast. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Quick Cast powered by Black Mary Death Free. Thank you for joining. I am extremely glad that you did. And if you're a first time listener, this is our midweek dose of the Black Mary Death Free podcast, where myself, one half of the uh, Black Mary Death Free team, uh, me and my wife, but I'm just one half and I get to come on and just talk about things. Uh, more of a bite-sized dose of our podcast. Now, this podcast airs every Thursday, and our main podcast is every Sunday night, Monday evening, or uh, Monday morning. So on your commute, it'll be there waiting for you. <sighs> how are you guys doing? I mean, I feel like we don't talk anymore. Well, actually, we do. But how are you doing? This is a wellness check. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're finding time to get some sun. I hope you're finding time to spend time with family uh, and just get away and just kind of untether from everything that's going on. Uh, I have had a pretty rough couple weeks battling some migraines. I don't know if y'all have ever had like a migraine that just never goes away. Like usually I have it. I'll get a headache, take something take a nap, wake up. I'm great. I feel better than ever, but I've been having these migraines that actually get worse after I sleep. And so, um, currently when I went to the doctor, they prescribed me some things to break this headache and I'm honestly feeling better than I felt in like two weeks. So excited about that. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple things that, uh, I, I noticed or I saw, on Yahoo Finance this week uh, in regards to the economy that I thought was really interesting. And this is, there's a theory floating around um, that the recession we've all been waiting for might not be the recession we thought, right? I've been talking about recession. The, the, the metrics for a recession has historically been when the market, the stock market uh, has two, bear markets which is negative 20 two consecutive quarters of bear market right 
that usually is what signified and symbolized it. we're in a, the the economy's in a, in a recession we we know that recessions historically can last anywhere from 6 to months to 18 months sometimes 24 and we did that in 2021 i think we had two terrible quarters and so my theory is we've been in a recession since that that time frame now there's varying degrees of recession right they're not all identical so what folks are saying is well we haven't seen the jobs being lost yet uh numbers wise like the jobs aren't down to where they would normally be during a recession and there are some other metrics that people wanted to use to where uh the biden administration i think president biden specifically said uh a slight recession like like come on now like what is a slight recession that's like a little bit of COVID, right like you either have it or you don't but anyway with that said we've kind of just been waiting because we're seeing the hyperinflation we're seeing the fed trying to counter the hyperinflation by raising the interest rates so we're seeing the cost of borrowing money go up but what we're not seeing is people spending less people are still trying to do what they got to do to pay for what they want and therein lies the problem People are still using credit cards to subsidize things like living expenses, like groceries and utility bills and car notes. People are using credit cards and going deeper in debt with higher interest rates to still maintain their lifestyle. No one wants to downgrade their lifestyle. Me and Shire, when we started this in 2017, we paid off our debt in 2017. We really started in like 2015. Uh, on this journey of like limiting expenses, living very frugal and all this. So we're like, we know that life. We know how to find solace in that life. And then we pay off our debt and then we start, you know, Hey man, we got, we got a couple dollars. You know what I'm saying? Got a couple dollars. You need you start investing. You know, I got some assets. I got some things, you know, I need to start. Let, let, shoot. Let me flex a little bit. And then, boom, the recession starts to hit. And so now you have to lock back into that mindset of, okay, hold on, hold on. Our, now our money isn't going towards debt, but it's going towards savings. It's going towards investing. So you, you, you still are in that same type of place you were in in 2015 when you're living frugal. Because you're not going to sacrifice your savings and your investing to to feel like you have money again right and so we know how to do that we live there we love it there because that it's in our dna right and so but what what you're seeing with most americans they're like nah if i start if i get to a place where i feel like i got money and i got disposable income and then prices rise i'm gonna just rise with the prices because i got to i got to get it off and that's what we're seeing. So because of that, we haven't really swung into a recession. A recession is when us collectively start couponing, start going out less, start uh, learning how to cut our own hair and and do our own nails. And we stop uh, going to the get massages and and doing those luxury item services 
when we collectively stop doing that and and these businesses are now forced to lay people off or that that's a recession. You're in a full blown recession there. But what we're seeing is we haven't really experts are saying we haven't really gotten to that point because Americans are just like, if I got to rob Peter to pay Paul, I'll do that as long as I still get to spend. So folks are still finding ways to spin, spin, spin. The GDP is always still high, still showing that the U.S. is still buying things, goods and services and people are not cutting back. So what they're saying is it may not be a recession in the sense of people aren't buying goods and services anymore. And people are losing jobs in just crazy, crazy sheer numbers. But it may be a non-recession recession. What does that mean? Experts are saying this may be an asset recession. Currently, now let me walk you through this. Currently, 61% of American households are invested in, in the stock market. So when I say assets, we're talking about shares of businesses through the stock market, right? So that money isn't necessarily liquid. That's not money you use to buy groceries or go to the spa or anything like that. That's just asset money, right? Those are assets that you own that you possess. 68% is it 68 percent let's see, see, see do, do, do. yeah around 61 percent uh, stock ownership now touches 61 percent of u.s households which is the same as it was in around at around 2008 but between july 2008 and march 2009 according to the federal reserve uh the stock market the reliance on the stock market dipped significantly and people began to sell shares and people began to stop investing in the stock market and the stock market uh up to one uh, up to 7.4 trillion in stock wealth was was liquidated essentially people stopped contributing people stopped investing and so what we're going to see and that really hurt the, the market at that time that that's that's what that was a recession and what we're going to begin to see is that happen again. Currently, people are investing like never before. You know, we just we're coming out of a 10 year bull market, man. We, we had uh, uh, financial independent retire early folks that rode that nice wave. And but what they're saying is there that more people are going to be getting out of the stock market, which is going to be trigger an asset recession an asset recession now that's deep because there are two worlds right there are two worlds out there and you know this without knowing this there's take take your finances for instance there is a world where i get my paycheck for my job i you know maybe put a little bit in savings or whatnot but the bulk of this money is going to fund my life down to zero like when, by the time my next check comes i needed that i was in need of that and then i start over again it's essentially the paycheck to paycheck theory where you're spending your money to fund your lifestyle to pay for your kids clothes and your groceries and lights and mortgage and you like that's what you do 
There's a lot. Most of Americans live in that world. There is another world that's the asset world where you may have more money if you followed me and Shire for any length of time. You've paid down your debt or paid off your debt, which is giving you more money to enter the second world, the asset world, where now you could take money and you can buy stocks, you you know, through your brokerage account or through a Roth IRA or through your 401k. You may even another asset, maybe buying real estate, uh, you know, and renting that out or whatever you're, you're, however you want to, to do that. That's world number two assets where you're not liquid, but the asset world is, is where you're going to grow the most. The first world I've talked about it. You're just, you're just, you're just living. You may be living well, but you're not building wealth in that world you're just it's essentially like when you hear the breakdown between the rich and the wealthy the rich you may be rich living in world one you get a fat check from your nice job you can pay for whatever you want you're buying what you want your kids are happy everybody's happy but you're not invested in the asset world and so what this asset recession speaks to is that it might not touch world number one the recession will touch the asset world and you're going to see a lot of people withdrawing from the stock market. I'm going to read this here. It says to be sure this asset class is still concentrated in households that are already wealthy. According to the Gallup poll, which found that that stock ownership correlates most strongly with household income while 80% of Americans with a household income of, of above 75,000 own stocks that share shrinks to around half when it comes to the middle income American earning between 30,000 and $74,000 a year and less than a quarter of Americans who earn under 30,000 own any stock at all. So what this article is saying that, the recession, for whatever reason, is not looking historically like recessions look in that middle income America sector. But for those who are investing in assets, you're going to start seeing people pull out in order to maintain their lifestyle. They're going to not invest as much, which will create opportunity for some. So that's definitely something to look at and something very interesting. Uh, another article that kind of correlates with that, y'all, is an article that says we're entering a brutal new era in the housing market. What are you talking about, Marcus? Well, I'm going to explain it to you. Essentially, if you don't already own a home, you're going to be screwed for years to come. That's what this article says. I'll tell you a little short story. Today, I'm at the gym doing my thing. And I'm at the point where I've done all my exercises and now I'm just stretching. I'm about to be 38 and pliability is important. You must be flexible or you will begin to get stiff and all this and that. So I like to stretch It's the boringest part of my workout when I'm stretching, grab my phone, you know, start scrolling. And uh, I got a text from our, our property manager in Alabama and he's like, hey, uh, your uh, how you doing? Your house at such and such drive. The tenant is uh, the tenant wants to know if you'd be interested in selling. 
So, you know, anytime you get somebody want to give you some money, you know, you look at it's like, okay, let me look at, let me, you know, you weren't thinking about that. Like, no, I mean, that's not what we're, we're here to acquire properties, but you know, Hey, uh, you know, every, there's always a price, right? So I, I, I reached out to the Shire, let her know, saw that, you know, sent her the text or whatever. Then we started kind of doing the numbers, like what, 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 how much is it going for? How much could we get for it? And it just didn't make sense, right? We wouldn't be able to net anything uh, that's like a make a sale kind of number, right? So we decided not to. But I thought it was really interesting that a tenant is reaching out like, yo, could we just buy this house? Which speaks to this, that like, it's it's going to come a point in time where it's going to be almost impossible f- for folks to get homes. And I've been sounding the alarm. There's been articles sounding the alarm about how we're going to become a world of renters and we will own nothing. And um, shout out to uh, uh, one of my good friends on Instagram sent me something that said, let me try to pull this up. Uh, that said the, the gap between being an owner and a renter like renters spend significantly less money because of how large the down payment for a home purchase is right now. And so it's set up to make us want to rent. It's set up to look like renting is the logically the better thing. But if you're renting your house, you're paying someone who owns it. Don't don't. Wouldn't it be nice to be that guy? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what's that guy's pockets looking like if I'm giving him this every month? And so we've been always preaching, like, get into position to own real estate, even, even nothing else, your own home where you live. Right. That that should have been that should be priority. And I pray and hope that folks took heed to that message. We have been preaching for like three years on this podcast because we're getting to a place where the housing market is going to be nearly impossible to get. So let's go, let's, let's move on to see, uh, to see what's going on here. So it says, uh, attempting to time the housing market is a foolish pursuit. Lord, that is that statement right there. Just turn, just, just, just drop the mic on that one because anytime you buy a house, it feels like, man, this, this is as high as it's going to get. Come back two years later. So look at a house today. Come back two years later. See what that same house is worth. It's going to be more. You can't time the market. It's not. It's just. It's it just. Let's keep moving. So it says, sure, there are uh, heaps of, of data forecasting the market experts who can offer theories on where home prices uh, or borrowers rates are headed. But no amount of tea leaf reading can spare you from this harsh reality home buying is ultimately a coin toss if you're very lucky you buy a home right before the price boom if you're not so fortunate you pony up the cash just in time for the bubble to burst man that is true so it says the differences between those who bought homes before and after that turning point are staggering people who got in before things went haywire were able to dodge skyrocketing home prices, lock in a record low rate, and stack hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity 
over the past few years. Meanwhile, people left on the sideline have watched their rent costs eat into their down payment nest eggs. I think that's something very interesting because here's the thing too. It's cheaper. So you got a $2,500 rent and you got a $2,500 mortgage, right? The goal would be, I'd rather have the mortgage on its face, but you can't just get the mortgage because why this is a $400,000 house and you need 20% down or you need, you know, a down payment, 5%, 10%, 3.5%, whatever it is, you need $20,000 cash plus to get in this house. Who has that? Right? So you opt to rent. Now you're renting for $2,500. You didn't have to put it in the down payment. All you had to do is pay first and last month. Cool. How are you going to save the the down payment in the future if you're at your your uh, ceiling paying the twenty five hundred dollar rent? So it keeps you it keeps you in a perpetual state of renting. And that's what that speaks to. Rent costs eat into their down payment nest egg. It also goes on to say median home prices soar by 30 percent. Mortgage rates shoot back up. And the pool of available homes shrinks to the lowest levels in recent history. And that goes back to last week's quick cast when it talked about how Gen Z is just like, yo, man, this don't even look like I'm ever going to get a home. And it's really funny because I went through that same thing in like 08. Me and Shire were newlyweds. And I was like, yo, we just going to be renters. Like there was never a an idea that I would own a home. And me and Shire, I remember verbally us talking like, yeah, this, this man, we ain't never going to get no house. That's crazy. Like, yeah, we just going to be renting forever. Like, and we were at peace with that. And then the recession happened and we was like so blessed to get to get in the house. And you know the story. But I get that sentiment of like, yo, it's just uh, it's not in the cards for me. And that, it makes me sad because I know now what a blessing it is to to own you know what I mean it's like all the benefits of of owning I see it now but it's just unfortunate that uh, the windows are sometimes so small and you don't know you don't know you're in the best time to do something until you look back or until years pass and you're like I'm glad I did that when I did it so what am I saying even if it's like, like shoot your shot now, like the gentleman that ended up texting us, shoot your shot. We know the rates are high, but yo, we really like this house. We're living in it. Hey, can you ask the owner if he's willing to sell now? Now, what if I had said, yeah, they would have got the house. They'd have been, did, did what they did. We would have got our money. Everybody been happy, whatever. And you look back two years from now and they would have been like, honey i'm glad i'm glad we bought the house when we did because if you wait two years from now which is essentially what's going to happen or wait years from now (laughs) the price is going to be what did uh what did uh fat joe say yesterday's price will not be today's price and so the as we get into this thing as we all try to sit and wait it's going to drop this is going to happen they're going to drop the interest rates they're going to pivot the price is going to come down Sure, that's a strong possibility, and I believe that that will happen. But we don't know when that's going to happen. And as we wait, it's going to become increasingly harder for young people 
younger millennials, millennials and Gen Z to get into these to to, to buy homes. Like like the first article said, it's going to be a asset recession. That means we were living in a great time where we had a window. The middle class had a window to try to edge into the upper class. I've talked about it before. That's what we should have been doing is, yo, there's this, there's this glass ceiling. We have a chance to get over it. We have a chance to invest in the stock market. We have a chance to invest in real estate. Yo, let's do this now because we don't know when this window closes. And it, usually it closes during a recession. Now you're not going to have this disposable income to be investing. Me and Shire are feeling that now. We are holding on to our investing um, strategy. I mean, every day the grip gets a little, it slides. Like it gets harder to hold to that percentage that we want to invest, continue to invest in the stock market. Every day we feel our hands slipping just a little bit more. Uh, t- uh, our daughter is going to, uh, going to competitive gym. And they sat us in that meeting and it was like a timeshare presentation. Yo, it's going to be this much commitment. It's going to be this many thousands of dollars. And you just feel your hands slipping because, you know, at some point you're going to have to decrease your contribution to investing to maintain your lifestyle. You're just like, Lord, just hold on. Just keep holding. Just keep holding. And so we feel it. I know you feel it. And that's what the recession is. Now, the good part about it is is if you set yourself up the worst thing that that is happening is you can no longer con- contribute as much as you once did to saving and investing that's a lot better that looks a lot better than you going into debt to pay for your living expenses see the difference and so that's why what we talk about here on black Mary Day free is so important no shade on any other types of platforms but it's 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 important to set yourself up in that way more so than yo how do i just get money how how do i get quick money uh platforms and messaging in the finance community which is really on the rise because that does nothing to your core the core of your spending habits the core of paying down debt limiting your expenses and setting yourself up for when tough times come. Okay. We got to turn this valve off a little bit uh, because we can't invest as much, but we're still good. We're not in debt. You see, you see the difference in that theory as opposed to spend how you want. I don't care about your, your spending habits. Let me teach you how to get the bag. And now you're playing that game. You're chasing that game. You're chasing this uh, quick, you know, hack instead of really no do the unsexy stuff forget all that let me teach you how to get the bag bs let me focus on limiting my spent expenses paying down my debt so that i can really get ready for the things that are going to come in life so hey y'all i hope you enjoyed this podcast if you did man it would bless me if you gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Deezer, on whatever platform you, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever platform you get this podcast, if you would do us a huge favor and leave us a five-star review, that would be amazing. If you would share this with your friends and family, this is clean content. This is, we try to curate a nice vibe with the background music. We give you 
that version of the podcast. We also give you a, the TED Talk version, if you like that, to each his own. So we give you guys our best, and we hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, please leave us a review. Let us know. Hey, y'all keep going. Five stars. Hey, I'm feeling I'm feeling what y'all doing. Five stars. Hey, I don't like what y'all doing, but still give us five stars, though, because we need those. All right, y'all. I'm out, and I'm going to holler at y'all on the next one. Peace.